So join with me first in celebrating our most beloved, Daryl Jones, who graduated from ministerial school. Will you stand? Give him all your love. He couldn't have done it without you. Isn't that true? <laughs> so my name, the talk title of my, or the name of my talk today, which a friend made fun of, so I'll do it the way he said it. Wonder your way into oneness, Willie. <laughs> Want to join me? <laughs> this month, we begin a new series focusing on divine curiosity as a natural uh, state of being, but as a um, uh, power that when it's ignited, literally will lead you into the revelation of oneness. All the power of the universe resides in you and creates through you according to your thoughts, your words, and your emotions. It's quite a responsibility, isn't it? You are great creator often forgetting the powers and the rules of how to use them, you may find yourself confused and sometimes miscreating. But at every moment, you have the opportunity to change the game that you're playing. So how do we do this? We do this by beginning by changing our mind. A change of the individual mind is the only difference between misery and happiness, success and failure. Let me say that again. A change of the individual mind, which is yours, is the only difference between misery and happiness, success and failure. The power that you have to to change your experience, seriously, all power, all grace, all good resides within you, truly, how great thou art. Give me an amen on that. All right, thank you. Let me ask you a question. How many curiosities do you have in a given day that you don't express or share? How many curiosities do you have in this very room that you keep secret so as not to appear vulnerable or silly or to offend? How many times have you come to Bodhi wondering who that person is or what they're doing over there? Or what's happening in that little conversation over there? We don't ask because we feel too afraid to extend ourselves. We never really discover who is in front of us, what is occurring in our very environment. We miss out on the very thing that is happening in your world because of our fear to extend ourselves, to let our curiosity move us forward. Instead, what happens is our mind makes up stories, and they're usually not very positive stories. How many of you have made up a story about someone here in this room? That they would never be interested in knowing you, perhaps, or that they're cooler than you? That surely they have a spectacular life like you don't? Surely they have things to do every night of the weekend like you don't? They've got it all together. They're spiritual. They're smart. They're sexy. They're cool. 
like you may not be, right? Your mind, the wacky mind, makes all kinds of stuff up about yourself and about other people. And because you don't, we don't allow our divine curiosity to move us forward and to check it out or to relieve ourselves from it, we stay trapped. You remain trapped in what your mind made up. This is what causes a world of duality. You are separate from me in this world. There's something or someone out there that can make me better. There's something or someone out there that can make my life work. There's a power located outside of you. That's what the world of duality says. We all do this. We all say yes to oneness, and then we turn around and go, but that's not me. Or they're this, or they're that. So yes to oneness, and then we move into a completely different experience of that. We all move into this. And it doesn't feel good. It feels awful. Because duality creates suffering. The belief in duality, the belief in two powers, the belief that anything is outside of you is what creates suffering. It's a big, stupid hairy, dumb, unnecessary lie. That's what duality is. And yet, we believe it. We support it. We move the idea of duality forward with the ways that we react to the world. In duality, somebody else holds the power to hurt you, to shame you, to embarrass you. So because of that, we contract and begin to protect ourselves. The world becomes a dangerous place in the world of duality. And so what we do is we create a nice, small, little safe box for us to live in. And we welcome only the people into the box that we think are like us or that will help us keep that box intact. But we don't explore or blow the box up so that we can discover all that is outside. You see, in the lie of duality, so many people are doing such mean, unkind things to each other. Stealing, raping, killing. Our society, what we do to that is we judge it and we condemn it which means we circulate it. Does that make sense to you? In our judgment, you see, judgment comes from the belief in duality. Because there's something out there, we judge it, and we separate from it. And as soon as that occurs, then then, then the power's out there, and then that becomes our threat. And so we have to imprison that. We have to separate that out and keep us safe. But here's the deal, people. If that would have worked, it would have worked by now. It would have worked. Oh, a good response. Thank you. Judgment separates and kills. That's what it's designed to do. It is not designed to bring a problem to solution. It will never do that. Judgment creates and continues the illusion of duality. And so what we say is, I can't be one with that murderer. That's not me. I can't be one with that person who's acting so stupid. That's not me. I'm not one with that rapist or that bigot or that Republican or that Democrat, whatever it is that you are, that you think you're not. You decide, you may be nicer about it in your words. I know you're well domesticated. (laughs) 
I know that you'll present yourself well, but let's get real. Let's just lay that down for a moment. Underneath, there is a part that is kicking and screaming and telling you very clearly who you are not and what is right and wrong in the world. Here's the truth, and we've got to get real to this because we're here to wake up. We're here to to have the miracles and become the revelation. And the truth is that you are one with all. You are one with all that is occurring. Take a deep breath. Don't just hear that. Breathe that in. You are one with all. In fact, say it. I am one with all. I'll say it again. Great. So that's the truth. So how do we find our way back to this oneness? Because inside the oneness, your life will become magnificent. You will have courage beyond understanding. Inside the oneness, your relationships will be so magnificent. Success will be effortless. Peace of mind is all day long. You sleep well at night. You wake up happy. Happy. Life works inside oneness. Kind of worth figuring out how to get there, don't you think? So how do we get there? We get there through divine curiosity. Divine curiosity becomes the portal that leads us back to our oneness. It brings us into our own hearts, and it brings us into the hearts of those that we deemed outside of us, and we start to experience that connection. We hear and we relate to their stories, and suddenly, because our heart is open and we're feeling them, somehow they become vulnerable, we become vulnerable, and suddenly what we're hearing is not what they did But it's the nature of their essence and being that we go, I'm that too. That's who I am. Oh, I've had my anger take me to the edge too. I've experienced that. So we start to feel the oneness when we drop into our hearts and we allow ourselves to be curious about who people are, about what's happening in the world versus judging it, putting a wall up and slamming a door shut and locking it. That's what judgment does, and we never get into oneness. It is said in the Bible, truly, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Truly, unless you change your mind. Unless you change your mind about what is happening, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Unless you change the way that you're perceiving your very reality, you will not be able to experience the kingdom of heaven. Unless you change within yourself, you will not be able to experience the kingdom of heaven. And it says, truly, unless you change, you become like children. Not running around silly. Well, some of you should be riding a big wheel and acting silly for a while. It really would be good for you to do that. Some of you need to put your big wheels away. It's all different. But... To be like children is to be in the child's mind, the mind of a child. What is the kingdom of heaven? Oneness. The kingdom of heaven is oneness. That's all that it is. The kingdom of heaven is oneness. So give up the fantasy that the kingdom of heaven is all this changing stuff in the world. You, if you're in the state of oneness, you will feel the kingdom of heaven. And things of this world may not change, but your very experience of them will be so different. You'll be vibrating in this energy of love. 
And you'll be looking at the same thing that someone who is disconnected, still living in judgment, is looking at. And they're going, oh, how horrible, how awful, that's bad, shut the door, run away. And you'll be sitting in the center of your love going, oh, my God, use me. Oh, my God, use me. That's me. That's me. What am I here to do? Show me the solution. That happens in the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is oneness. We have to become like children in order to get there. But I have really good news. Guess what? You were born a child. (laughs) You were born the very thing that you must become. You were born with the mind of oneness. You were born able to sense and experience and feel it. Did you know That in that time, you were immersed in divine curiosity. You were filled with the joy of wonder. You were were born to explore and question. And here's what happens. The little child is in this state of oneness. So everything that the child is seeing and experiencing is them. And they're very curious. They want to know what is happening. Why is the sky blue? Why, mommy? Why, Daddy? Why is that happening? Why? Why? And and we think it's so cute and it's so fun. Oh, they're so smart. They ask these questions. They're so bright. And they are. But suddenly they ask the wrong question. Suddenly they go, why is their skin different color than mine? Why is that person in a chair with wheels? Why does that person look all wrinkly and old and sad? And suddenly... The adults, don't say that. Don't ask that. Don't embarrass them. And then then if, if it's overheard, the parent apologizes. Old paradigm, not you. Old paradigm parent says, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that my, you know, my child shouldn't have asked you that. Please forgive her. Say you're sorry. Then you turn to the child. Tell them you're sorry. And the child in that moment gets so many messages Don't wonder, don't point, don't stare. Do your children love to stare? They love to stare at people. And what do we tell them to do? Stop staring. Stop staring. Had a foster brother, have a foster brother. His name is Chip. And we were at McDonald's. And he was like four. And so that would make me like 15 or 16. And we were eating our hamburgers at McDonald's. And he was like this, eating, staring. Just, I've, I mean, he was consuming them with his stare. And I remember watching him. I did what we all do. I told him to stop. But I remember that moment. It's burned in my mind seeing him so single-eye focused, interested in a couple that was at another table. He was absolutely in oneness with them. I didn't know this, so I did what we do. So you have all of this natural stuff in you. I don't recommend going down Michigan Avenue staring. (laughs) Or if you do, start slowly. Just do a little bit and turn. you got to build into full-on obsessive stares. it, It takes a lot of work to be able to do that. But the essence of the child, the essence of the child is so beautiful. The essence of your being is so beautiful. 
And the curiosity that that lives within you is so magnificent because all it wants is to know the oneness. It wants to feel the connection. That part of you is so precious. But you, like me and like most of us, became domesticated and learned how to turn that off, to dial it down. And all of these curiosities started swirling inside of us. And we didn't speak them. We became curious, but being curious was bad. That's the healing. That's the place where we need to become like a child. Because the child, in their wonder and in their divine curiosity, just opened themselves up. That's what we're talking about. Are you with me on that? We were born with the desire to seek. And what is it that we're seeking? We are seeking God. In all of our searching, we are seeking to experience oneness. And where are we looking? We're looking in the world. We're looking in the world that we're in. We're looking in the people that are around us. We're looking in our relationships. That's where we're seeking. That is all here for you. Your world is designed for you to discover God. You're, the people that are around you in every room are there to help you discover God. And your relationships, every one of them, have a cord connected to the people that it can be that cord of struggle and strife or that cord of freedom and oneness. Your world, your life. But if you're like me, which I think you are, you often find yourself judging the environment you're in, calling it wrong, which makes the wall go up and the door close. If you're like me, sometimes you find yourself in a room with people going, I don't fit in there, I don't belong here, they're not, they're not like me, what, what do I do? And then the whole room becomes separate. If you're like me, sometimes your relationships, you're busy judging them, wishing they were different, making the other person wrong, and then wondering why it's just not working. It's what judgment does. But if you can become aware of that, that is the moment where you can also call upon the grace of your divine to change your mind. Change your mind in the experience. To call upon right here, I'm feeling separate. That's how you know. That's, your, that's the best director, your direction, the guide that you've got. is a part of you that says, I'm feeling separate. I'm judging so-and-so. I don't know. I don't think I fit in here. How is it possible for you not to fit in to the very room that you're in? That's crazy. That's crazy. Sometimes we make judgment is so strong that we literally think we just have to be in the wrong room. And we run so fast out of it. What if you took a moment to flip that over and ask, I'm going to stand in this room Even if no one talks to me, I'm just going to stay here and ask God to show me, show me, show me. Your life becomes the place for you to practice. We're not just here to seek God. I want you to hear this. We are not just here to seek God. We are here to find God. You are here to find God. Say something back. Yes, you are here. Affirm that. The seeking, it's time to end. You've sought for lifetimes and lifetimes and lifetimes and lifetimes. 
And it has brought you to this edge. And this lifetime, your lifetime now, now, you can find God. And you can flower open your heart. God is synonymous with oneness. That's all I'm talking about. In the experiential level. Don't worry about God as what is it. God, when you find God, you experience the feeling of connection and oneness with what's occurring. And when you find it over and over and over and you immerse yourself in it, you will have this mystical shift where you no longer will experience yourself and the environment and the people as separate. It's like an energy field or it it looks to me sometimes like a bubble that expands beyond me and and includes everyone in the room. And they're all existing in my bubble. And they're all in the same vibration of who I am. These are some of the images that may occur for you. But mostly, it's a feeling. It's a feeling where you just feel present and connected. It's so much simpler than many religions and ideas that are thought based in duality make it. You see, the world of duality puts God far away, up in a heaven somewhere where you have to earn his favor, and he has the final say whether you get to hang out with him or go to hell, which is hotter than this room, people. (laughs) Right? That's what the world of duality creates. That's the best that the world of duality can give you at the end of the day, is that God's separate. Do you understand that? Because if you didn't, if you believe that you're one with God, you don't have duality. So duality, no matter how it's sliced, has to separate you from God. Oneness immediately restores you to your connection. Let me read again from today's reading. A sense of wonder is a principal source of humanity's belief in the existence of an unseen order of life. Like no other emotion, wonder prompts us to pause admire, and open our hearts and minds. Wonder is an emotion related to curiosity and awe that stimulates engagement with the immediate physical world. Wonder deepens our understanding of the complex source of personal spirituality and fulfillment. Through our divine curiosity, when we take the time to wonder, we discover that we are not different from other people. We discover that we are not alone. You are not alone. No matter what the outside may say and look like, no matter what the inside says or responds, you are not alone. And oneness overrides all of that. Your divine curiosity about another person leads you to the revelation of this truth. And and when you can really step into the divine curiosity, there's unlimited possibilities when you will allow it to be your mirror. Because you see the anger in the person, you can go, how is that mine? You see the sexiness in the person, you go, how is that mine? You see the wealth in a person, you go, how is that mine? You see the person in poverty underneath the bridge, how is that mine? Your divine curiosity connects you, flips it all over, and pulls it into your heart. Your divine curiosity, and this is, this is what I really want you to get. My final point. Your divine curiosity, when activated and allowed, makes your path easier. 
It makes your life easier. And I know a lot of you here in this room want an easier life. You want some freaking things to work for God's sake. <laughs> right? Are you done trying and pushing and making and figuring out? Divine curiosity draws life to you. It opens doors. It, it brings the walls of separation down. But you got to step into it. You got to be willing to. And, you, you know, this all sounds really good, people. But the truth of the matter is, when it comes time to do it, you're going to feel afraid. You're going to feel all those things that you were taught. You're going to feel your embarrassment. You're going to feel your shame. You're going to feel so nervous that you might not have the courage to ask the question or take the step forward or invite yourself in. You're going to feel it in a very deep, profound way. But that's your moment where I want you to go, oh, this is what Mark Anthony's talking about. This is the moment that I am on the edge of oneness. This is the very spot because I'm so afraid I don't know what to do. You're facing the possibility of dissolving a construct that you agreed to when you were little. Did you get that? That's all that's occurring. You're facing the possibility of allowing a construct, a persona, an idea about yourself and the world to melt, to dissolve. That's scary. That's when we lead into God. That's when we call upon our divine and say, you got to show me who to be now because I have not been being my authentic self for X number of years. Whatever, how old you are, get yourself down to two. That's how many years you haven't been being your authentic self. So it's a lot to shift. It's a lot to shift, but you don't shift it. This is what the goofy mind does. Listen to me. You'll get in that situation, and if you remain in your goofy mind, you'll then judge yourself and call yourself weak. Oh, I can't do it. You'll get all on yourself, which is the last choice you want to make. Of course you can't do it. That's okay. That's completely fine. You don't have the muscle yet. It's going to take some time to get that divine curiosity muscle strengthened activated and knowing when and how to use it. And guess what? You'll probably use it incorrectly a couple times. You might, well, I don't want to say that. You might have the feeling of where it leads you that it's like, ouch, oh, now I'm embarrassed. Oh, that was, see, that, that, that didn't feel good. But I want you to stay in the game. I want you to stay in the game because eventually when you're in the essence and the consciousness of oneness, your divine curiosity can walk right up to someone and go, hey, baby, you are hot and I want you as mine. And they go, no way. (laughs) And you go, cool. (laughs) Gotta go. It's fine. Nothing's lost. Nothing's threatened. Because you know what? They just gotta move over for the next one. Hey, baby. (laughs) Play this game all day long. Someone's gonna stick. Right? But the first one feels like rejection. The first one feels like you crumble. But eventually, it's just a game. And no one can destroy you in the game. Nobody. Nobody has that power. The very survival of life on earth today largely depends on the empathy, compassion, and care that is aroused from the energy of wonder. 
the very survival of the planet, the only way we're going to create a shift in consciousness is if we flip ourselves over and get interested, if we become more curious than defensive, if we become more focused on wondering what's occurring and who those people are versus making them wrong and separate. That's where the shift's going to begin, and it only can begin in the individual. A change of the individual mind is the only difference between misery and happiness, success and failure, duality and oneness. Yes? And so it is. Thank you.